Keeping Afloat by Cruise Director Kabir. This is Season 2, Episode 4 of Keeping Afloat. And I'm Kabir, your Cruise Director. Now, usually, I'm on a cruise ship sailing around the world. But it looks like, at this point, I'm the Cruise Director of my house. Now, as a Cruise Director, I'm in charge of all onboard guest experience and entertainment as well as being the main host of the ship, from performing on board to hosting a show, organizing entertainment, or making announcements with the captain, I'm in charge of guiding my guests through once-in-a-lifetime experiences every single cruise. Be sure to check out my Instagram page, at CruiseDirectorKabir, for daily updates. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a share on Instagram as well. Just a quick disclaimer, the views expressed in this show are mine, and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. The names of the characters in these stories have been changed from their original ones, and certain storylines may have been modified. With that, let's cast off. Fabian, the hotel director of the Oceanic Joy, sat behind his big wooden desk. He leaned back in his chair, staring between Carter, then at me. The sound of the casino machines echoed in the background, since the hotel director's office was adjacent to the casino. I just cannot understand why you two cannot get along. Carter, Kabir looks to you for advice on how to become a cruise director. And Kabir, you need Carter to promote your onboard sales. You need each other. Carter looked at me, rolled his eyes, and sat up. You have no idea how irritating it is to deal with someone like him. He walked on like he owned the place. Then he infiltrated my team. This time, I chimed in and said, If by infiltrated, you mean helped one of your team members because she was scheduled on a four-hour straight shift of karaoke with no breaks and she had to pee, then yes, I infiltrated your team. Now, let me give you just a little bit of backstory. On the previous cruise, I had popped by karaoke. When I walked in, the girl hosting, one of the entertainment team, asked if I could stand there for just a couple of minutes while she used the bathroom. Later that evening, there was an email from Carter, the cruise director, referencing the situation from earlier and completely calling me out. The hotel director, Fabian, was in copy and had led to this meeting between myself, him, and Carter. Enough. Carter. What is your problem? Carter sat back in his chair and said nothing. Look, Carter, your contract finishes at the end of this cruise. Just hang in until you disembark. <sighs> well, I'd expect nothing less. This time Fabian sat up, looking a little bit puzzled. Okay, is something on your mind, Carter? I had a feeling I knew what was about to happen. It's just so like you people to protect your own. At that point, I made the decision to take a hasty exit. Did I really want to be in that room anymore when I knew this was just going to escalate? I swiftly stood up and said, 
Gentlemen, if you'll excuse me, I think this no longer concerns me, and I will leave it between you two. I stood up and shut the door. And even over the noise of the casino, I could hear Fabian's anger power through as he tore into Carter. This situation was only going to get worse. On the way down to my cabin, I stopped over to see Destiny, the ship's guest services manager. She oversaw everything to do with guest logistics and overall customer service. Now, if you've ever taken a cruise before, it's the guest services manager that arranges the ship's disembarkation, embarkation, customs clearances, charges to your cards, amongst other things. The guest services manager position is also one of the positions that feeds directly into becoming a hotel director. In many ways, it's kind of being the hotel director's right-hand person. Now, I've been hanging out with Destiny more and more, not only because she was teaching me a lot about ship politics, but because she was just a gem. Kind, compassionate, patient, which is important in that job, and her teams loved her. Destiny was about five foot five with brown curly hair. She was sweet, but she also looked perpetually tired, and rightfully so. She had her hands full, and believe it or not, Jacksonville was a really difficult turnaround port. There were a ton of restrictions. After seeing her running around last cruise, I was interested in just seeing if she was okay because that position becomes pretty lonely. The result was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. As I sat across from her in her office, I could hear the Caribbean band playing in the atrium since her office was right behind the guest services desk on deck seven, which was in the atrium. In the short time that I'd known her, I'd actually learned a lot about her. The most interesting thing was that she was actually working on the ship that I had done my port shopping guide training aboard just a few months earlier. Oh my god, last cruise was probably one of the hardest cruises I've ever done. To top it all off, I had to do a last minute disembarkation because of a domestic incident, can you believe it? She was clearly referring to Joshua's boyfriend, Dante. So here's the scoop. Dante came back drunk and apparently he hit Joshua in the face and it woke up everybody in that hallway. Security showed up, but by that point, Dante just wanted to leave. We tried calling the cruise director, but nothing. Assistant cruise director, nothing. And I had the captain calling me, asking if we could sail or not because weather was rolling in and we could get stuck. And this was all on my shoulders. By the way, this explained the high wind situation and why the ship hit the pier on the previous cruise. The biggest takeaway was, if I needed to get information on what was actually happening, go to the guest services manager. Just about everything that happens on the ship has to go through her in one way or another. Have you ever been to cruisedirectorkabir.com? If you haven't yet, make sure to go. You can get exclusive Keeping Afloat merch from t-shirts and tank tops to sweaters, homeware, tech accessories, and so much more. Just go to cruisedirectorkabir.com slash store. And you can use the coupon code KEEPINGAFLOAT to save 10%. Plus, 
It's a great way to support the show. The benefit of working for a larger cruise line is that when you dock with other ships from the same company, you can go aboard to check out the ship. Now, I'd done this on a couple of occasions because, well, it's almost like walking into a parallel universe. The Oceanic Wonder was the first ship of its kind. Oceanic Joy, the ship that I was on, was almost identical, but just different in a couple of little ways. Alice and I decided to visit the ship once we docked back in Nassau. We were also with our friend Sarah, who was a fellow Canadian, and she was on board rolling out the cruise line's new app, Ocean Connect. The three of us made up the entire Canadian population of the crew, so we tended to stick together. Luckily, I'd had a great sales day in Nassau, and I was off for the rest of the evening. Dealing with the team in the diamond store had me on my toes all day, but there was something to look forward to. Since Oceanic Wonder and Oceanic Joy were docked together, the Wonder team decided to host a joint Halloween party. People from my ship would walk over to the Wonder to use their event space and, well, party together. And it was just a great change of venue for both ships. It kind of added a bit of spice to the mix and it was really nice. Plus, earlier that day, I had snuck into the backstage costume surplus and found a cape. That was the extent of my Halloween costume. Thank goodness nobody caught me because that would have been great ammunition for Carter to send another email. Walking aboard the Oceanic Wonder was surprisingly different from what I expected. The ship was gleaming. The atrium was white and blue. And the promenade, well, the promenade deck was a, a bit older. It was dated. There were parts of it that were a little bit depressing. Over the coffee shop, there was this flickering white light. And I was like, this is just a bit sad. But anyway, there were lots of other really, really nice parts of the ship as well. As we walked around, I honestly, I felt like I missed Caleb the guy that I had been seeing and who had left at the end of Last Cruise. Since he was new to ships, his fascination was still there. I could talk about the history of the ship for hours and he would just listen and ask me questions. Alice and Sarah were a bit more experienced, so that inquisitiveness wasn't necessarily there. We ended up heading to one of the ship's lounges, the Cats Bar, and literally, it had massive cats surrounding the dance floor, and the walls were covered with old food brands and advertisements. Ritz crackers, Kit Kats, Campbell's Soup, Heineken. It was cool, because so many of these brands were relevant today. They haven't changed at all. We made our way to the aft end of deck nine, which is where the party was being held. As we approached, we could hear music pouring out of the room. And as I opened the door, I was basically absorbed into a very sweaty, packed room full of music and the overwhelming smell of booze. Getting back to my ship was going to be interesting. More so, I couldn't wait for the stories that Destiny was gonna have the following morning. Alice, Sarah, and I got to dancing within minutes. And then our friend from the ship handed us drinks and just an extremely strong version of Fruit Punch. A couple of songs later, and I couldn't see Alice or Sarah anymore. Instead, I was tapped on the shoulder 
by none other than Mateo, Carter's boyfriend. I was surprised to see him, considering Carter couldn't come because of his back injury. The music was loud, so it's not like we could talk, so I gave the guy a curt nod and carried on dancing. That's when he did something really unexpected. In fact, I remember I nearly spat out my drink. He grabbed my hand and yanked me off of the dance floor to the open deck. It was only a few feet away. The door opened and as it shut, so did the blaring music. We walked toward the ship's railing, overlooking Nassau Harbor, which was, by the way, a beautiful view at night. You know, I tell him to be nice. For the record, Matteo is Australian, so I am going to attempt the accent, and I mean no offense to anyone. This was also one of the first times he'd ever spoken to me. I was lost for words. Being buzzed and surprised were two things that didn't necessarily go well together. Huh? Was all I managed to get out. I tell him to be nice to you, but he's always been so insecure with you on board. Insecure? What have I ever said or done to make him feel insecure? Mateo leaned on the railing and sighed. Before you came aboard, we all stalked you online. Carter, me, a few of our dancers, including Joshua. And I'd mentioned that. I, I thought you were cute. Ever since I said that, he's just headed out for you. Like I'd leave him for you or, or, or cheat on him or something. I took a second to respond because it all made sense now. Carter's hatred for me was justified by Matteo saying that I was cute. The insecurity that both of them must have felt was just multiplied times 10. I looked at Matteo and said, Is that something that you were going to do? Look, to be honest, I'm just sick of him. He's addicted to drugs, constantly on edge, and I get the brunt of the aggression. I'm just waiting for him to leave at the end of this cruise so I can break up with him. All of the puzzle pieces were fitting together. Carter took out his insecurity about his relationship on me. So I just said to Mateo, Well, it sounds like you've got your hands full. Good luck. I turned on my heel wanting to avoid the entire situation because I wasn't stupid. I could feel the tension in the air. Mateo was cute, sweet. He was about 5'9", my height, athletic build with dirty blonde hair, the typical Aussie surfer type if you need that visualization in your mind. But I knew that even though Carter was leaving in a few short days, there was still plenty of time for him to throw his rage around. As I started walking toward the door, Mateo grabbed my arm, forcing me to swing around. And before I knew it, his lips were on mine. They were warm, passionate, longing, almost. Like this was something that he had actually wanted for a while. In that moment, in my tipsy, kind of elated state, because being hit on by someone is, is pretty cool. Not to mention, this was a really, really hot thing for him to do. I decided to just give in and let myself enjoy the moment. We ended up talking out there on deck for about an hour. I learned about him, and I learned the juicy details about Carter. 
As the night was drawing to a close, I looked out at Nassau Harbor. The beauty of being in the Caribbean surrounded by all of that excitement, it was just incredible. As I was getting ready to go and head back inside to the party, I saw another ship coming into dock, which is typical of Nassau. Ships arrive in the evenings for overnights and then others sail at 7 a.m. after their overnights are done. The reason for this is mostly because it saves fuel. The Bahamas are less than 250 kilometers off the coast of Florida, meaning ships can be there in just a matter of hours rather than sailing around and going nowhere just burning fuel. But as the incoming ship got bigger, I recognized it. It was my last ship. And best of all, Janet was on board, as well as my former cruise director, Marsha Cross. The following morning, I woke up and I felt as though the ship was in a massive storm. Everything was moving around everywhere. Turns out, it was just my hangover. The ship had not actually left port yet. In fact, I remembered that my former ship was docked in Nassau, having seen it approach last night. I quickly messaged Janet, my former manager, who promptly invited me to come and visit her on board. And then, there I was, standing on the pier between the two ships. My new ship and my old ship. But if we're actually talking about the age of the ships themselves, it would be reversed because the contrast was huge. As I walked down the gangway and crossed the pier, I ran into my previous hotel director, Richard, a French man that stood up very straight. He looked at me and smiled. What are you doing on that rust bucket? I got a promotion of sorts. It's a political move. He smiled, gave me a really big high five and kind of a half hug, like a bro hug, and gestured for me to head aboard. The gangway was quiet, just how I remembered it to be. At Ocean Cruise Line, the guests are rushed on and off like cattle. At my previous cruise line, it was almost serene in comparison. As I walked through the ship, I recognized so many people that I had met during my time there. Surprisingly, so many of them had returned to that ship, which speaks to how well-run it was. Janet looked as beautiful as ever, wearing a red day dress and heels, always fashionable. What are the chances we'd be docked next to each other? Now, before you ask, nothing's changed. Marsha's up in the wine bar waiting for us. On our way to the bar, I got to see all of the ship's highlights. The entertainment plaza, promenade, atrium. The ship was beautiful. The truth is, I missed it. Even to this day, I miss those ships. There was an elegance to them, a sense of modern luxury. Sitting there in her classic designer skirt and heels was Marsha Cross. She stood to give me a warm hug and handed me a glass of wine, my favorite Shiraz that we would always have together. Mind you, it was only 12 p.m. and I had a hangover, but hey, you gotta live. Soul of, how's life on the other side? Marsha asked me all about the new job. I was brutally honest and I told them the issues that I'd been having. Looking back now, 
I was just young and naive. I let heartbreak partly dictate my decision of leaving my previous cruise line, a cruise line that I had really, really loved being a part of. And I didn't think about the lasting implications that such a hasty departure would have on my career. Little did I know it at the time that I'd be chasing my chance to return to that cruise line for years to come. Now, speaking to Janet and Marsha again really made me miss the professionalism that I was used to. But just as leaving my previous job was a hard decision, I knew I would have to make a similar decision again very soon because the course of my career was about to change completely. Ever since the Halloween party, I had been on edge. If Carter got even a whiff of what had happened that night at the party, there was going to be hell to pay. And Mateo was not helping the situation. After my meetup with Janet and Marsha, I'd headed back to my ship to sleep. I woke up to a pitch black cabin and a series of very loud knocks on the door. I opened it without looking through the peephole, just knowing who it was. Um, hi, where did you go last night? Alice had figured out something was up. Well, I went outside for some air, and then I headed back on board. You were alone during this so-called air break? Alice gestured air quotes around air break. Maybe. I got back into bed, since all I was wearing was my blanket, which I was holding up to cover the important parts. Alice sat on my bed and laid down, exasperated. Fine. When we were dancing, Mateo pulled my hand. Mateo, oh my god, I knew it. I had called this from the second that I saw it. I saw the way he looked at you. I just kind of felt like, was, was I the only one that didn't notice that Mateo liked me? I kind of felt like I'd been kept in the dark from this whole situation. I told Alice everything, knowing that if I didn't tell her, she would have figured out one way or another. And of course, she ate it up. Alice also offered a word of caution, and it wasn't anything that I didn't already know. Carter was going to make a massive stink about all of this if he found out. By this point in the day, it had already become evening, and the ship had set sail. So we decided, Alice and I, to get ready and go and watch the production show in the theater. Doing things like that always made me feel like I was just a passenger on a cruise, because half the time I was in this job. As much as my manager on land always told me, if you're gonna make money in this business, you've got to hustle. The only opportunity to actually hustle where it was worth it was during the first two days of the cruise. The other half, after we finished our ports of call, I was just preparing for the following cruise. Alice and I arrived in the theater just as the show was about to start. We scanned the audience to see if there were any empty seats, and there were two, just about halfway down the theater. Now, the first sitting was pretty empty, so we thought it was fine for us to sit there considering there was nobody else around. Just as we sat down, the lights dimmed, and there was Carter on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, 
please welcome to the stage your host, your cruise director, Carter. Carter ran out. And just the jog from backstage was enough for him to look winded. There was a very clear moment where I could tell he saw Alice and I because he kind of looked at us and flinched. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. All right. Who's ready for a great show? All right. Without further ado, please welcome to the stage the singers and dancers of the Oceanic Joy. Every single time I saw a show on the ship, no matter how many times I saw the same show, I always thoroughly enjoyed it. After the show, Alice and I went to watch the ship's new party band on the promenade. About a moment or two later, there was an announcement, which was weird for that time of evening. Medical response team, medical response team, deck seven, fire zone nine, backstage dressing room. Since the show was over, it was surprising that there was a medical emergency back there. But I was about to learn a valuable lesson on ships. Actions have consequences. Your mental health is important. Now, something that's always helped me is getting up and moving, especially dancing. That's why I'm teaching two dance classes every week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can access the classes on Instagram Live, on my feed, at Cruise Director Kabir. But for an even nicer experience, sign up for a free Dance Class Plus account at www.cruisedirectorkabir.com. It's a great way to have fun, stay connected, and stay healthy. The following morning, I woke up to the sound of my phone ringing. The screen read, Hotel Director. Hello, Kabir. Uh, I need you to come to my office right away, please. Fabian rarely called me this early because... He knows I have no reason to be awake at 9 o'clock on the final sea day of a cruise. Instinctually, I wanted to make sure that I had all of the information because I had a feeling I could be walking into the lion's den. I quickly opened my laptop to check my emails. And sure enough, there it was. An email from Carter. This time, he had sent it to Oceanic Joy All, meaning the whole ship, and in copy was me, Alice, and Fabian. All, a reminder that it is a privilege for crew to watch production shows. It is not a right. When watching a show, do not sit in the front half of the theater. Crew are expected to sit in the back of the theater to give priority to passengers. Thanks, Carter, Cruise Director, Oceanic Joy. Clearly... This is what Fabian wanted to talk about. On top of that, there was another email from Matteo. I don't have your contact information or anything. I just wanted you to know, I like you. And despite everything that's about to happen, I want to move forward. Drinks tonight? All I could think was, wow, 
this is a lot to wake up to. Like this was just moments after getting out of bed and I knew that I was going to have to be dealing with problems all day long. I would also like to add that I got ready in record-breaking time. In three minutes, I'd done my hair, washed my face, brushed my teeth, and put on a very nice outfit, and I was out the door. As I knocked on Fabian's office door, I realized it was already unlatched. Ah, Kabir, my friend, please have a seat. Okay, my friend was a good sign. Look, without getting into too much detail, Carter was in an accident last night. Fabian kind of looked around and leaned forward. Okay, it doesn't matter now because, frankly, in my eyes he's done. But between you and I, he was high and drunk during the shows. He fell down the stairs on his way to the crew bar to get more drinks. And then, because it was a medical problem, we had to breathalyze him and do a drug test. Needless to say... This ship no longer has a cruise director. I was flabbergasted. Never had I heard of a senior officer going through so much and getting caught. I just leaned forward and looked at Fabian and said, What can I do? Well, look, today is the final sea day and we can't start cutting things out of the program. It looks very suspicious. I know that you want to work up to being cruise director. And I think it would be great if you could help the entertainment team. It would also look very good to our shoreside counterparts. Of course, I agreed right away and met with the entertainment team. I was given a uniform polo and off I went. I was next to Max the whole day. He was the assistant cruise director and basically the guy in charge at the moment. The final day of the cruise is usually spent reminding people of how much fun they'd had on their holiday and making as much fun as possible last minute for people to join in. Now, I wish I could say it was purely out of goodwill, but it all has to do with ratings and numbers. The higher the ratings, the better it looks for the onboard teams. The entertainment team seriously gets drilled on that final day. And I'd like to mention on this particular cruise, they did an amazing job given the circumstances. By the time I got back to my cabin, it was 5 o'clock p.m. I had about an hour until I had to help out with the final evening's festivities, which is basically a big kind of atrium party where we throw necklaces into the audience. It was really lovely. And I'd been thinking all day about Mateo's email. He was a nice guy, and I'd been doing my best to get past Caleb leaving only a couple of weeks earlier. But that was ship life. You move forward. Carter was basically out of the picture. Thank goodness. I mean, it wasn't the best of circumstances, of course. But still, in the end, he was a really difficult person to work with. And I think he got the help he needed. But that also put a couple of other things into question. Being out in the wild, per se, with Mateo... That would be bold. I called Mateo's ship phone and told him to meet me at the ship's golf course at 11 p.m. that night. Well, you've been making quite a splash on that ship, haven't you? Gajal asked through the phone. 
I was standing on the ship's open deck as we sailed down the river toward Jacksonville. Luckily, I'd finally gotten cell service. Have you heard all of the drama that's been going on here? Darling, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. My friend at Oceanic Cruise Line Entertainment just called me. He's pushing for you to get the cruise director job, and you haven't even interviewed yet. There was an 80% chance you fully got this position. As I stood there on the ship's open deck, just listening to the water, I finally felt that things were coming together. In that moment, looking out at the coast of the St. John's River, I also decided that it was time. I opened the email app on my phone and started writing. To Chris, manager. Dear Chris, thank you for everything you've taught me over the past few months. After careful consideration, I've decided to resign from my current position as port shopping guide. I'm happy to stay here and fulfill any duties to the fullest of their extent while you source a replacement. Thank you again, Kabir. Now I could finally set my sights on achieving a goal that I had wanted for years. This truly was the phone call that changed it all, and I remember it distinctly. There were so many things that kind of culminated to this moment. All of the stress from working at the previous cruise line, the weird kind of ambiguity of this position that I was currently in, and there were so many moving parts that contributed to that moment, but I'll never forget it. There was finally a light at the end of the tunnel because I was on the road to finally becoming a cruise director. turned out that Fabian had actually written a couple of emails about me and sent them to the Cruise Line's entertainment team. As a result, Godjil's friend was able to get the leverage he needed to push for me to get an interview to become cruise director. I stayed aboard Oceanic Joy for almost a month, and Matteo and I, well, there was definitely a sense of attraction there. We did hang out quite a bit. But he had his own struggles. I think he had ended up going through a lot of just mental hardships with the whole Carter situation, and he ended up leaving the ship before I did. Now, my family had absolutely no idea that any of this stuff was going on, whether it was the drama with Carter, dating Mateo or Caleb, or leaving the ship early. To their knowledge, I was supposed to be home toward the beginning of the new year. I only asked the port shopping company for one thing, and that was to be home by Christmas. And on a cold December day, my flight landed back in Toronto. My cousins picked me up from the airport and drove me home. Now while I was in the air, I was putting together a video full of subtle clues. Shots of packing my bag, leaving the cabin, getting on a plane. I edited as I filmed, and the final shot was the exterior of my house. I exported the video and I sent it to my parents. The final shot of the video was open the front door. And there I was. My parents were completely taken aback. There were tears of joy, hugs, and just the warmest feelings ever. I was home for Christmas. The decorations were up. The house smelled like gingerbread. 
It was honestly a picture-perfect moment. But I was in for a short break. Because the biggest meeting of my career was on the horizon. The decision on if I was actually going to become the youngest cruise director in the world was just weeks away. That and so much more next time. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. I'm Kabir, your cruise director. Thanks for listening. This was season two, episode four of Keeping Afloat. Produced in Toronto, Canada. Copyright Cruise Director Kabir 2021. What do you say to someone trying to steal your cheese? That's nacho cheese. Now, if you listened right to the end, go ahead and give yourself a nice pat on the back. I hope that cheesy joke gave you as much joy as it did to me. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time.